Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, January 13th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, another pediatric COVID-19 death brings Mississippi's pandemic total to 14. We examine the risks the coronavirus still presents to the state's youngest residents. Then the Department of Health asks lawmakers for additional funding to support programs at their county health offices, plus an effort to replace statues representing Mississippi in Statutory Hall in Washington, D.C. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Officials have announced Mississippi has experienced its 14th COVID-related death of a child. The state's Department of Health says the victim was less than a year old and the first minor to die of the virus in 2023. Dr. Anita Henderson is a pediatrician in Hattiesburg and president of the Mississippi chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. She tells our Lacey Alexander newer variants of coronavirus are proven to be more problematic for children. COVID-19, unfortunately, is um, a significant respiratory virus to adults, particularly the elderly, but also, um, especially the Omicron variant, has affected children and younger children. Uh, The Omicron variants, in particular, seem to have a propensity for upper airway. We have seen children present with things like croup, um, upper airway constriction and congestion, along with your typical covid Um, symptoms such as high fever, poor feeding, um, and lower respiratory symptoms. So even though pediatric COVID deaths are rare, uh, now that we have vaccines available for ages six months and up, they are what we consider vaccine-preventable diseases. And so it is so sad, unfortunately, that we have seen another pediatric COVID death, and this death was in a child under the age of one. Um, So we really just want to highlight the importance of staying vigilant about COVID-19. Adults and anyone over the age of six months, they're eligible for COVID vaccines. And now we also have the bivalent booster, which is the Omicron-specific booster that is available for ages six months and up as well. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, discussion and research done that uh, people with pre-existing conditions or people that already have an illness are 
especially vulnerable to COVID-19 and potentially passing away from it. Is there anything about the age group of, you know, between 0 and 17, or especially in babies like the case we just saw, where they could be vulnerable to COVID-19? Certainly. We we have seen, um, unfortunately, an uptick in COVID cases over the last uh, several weeks to several months. So we are diagnosing more children and more adults with COVID-19. Um, children, infants who are small um, are more susceptible to illnesses, to viruses, to diseases like influenza, to diseases like RSV. Their airways are smaller their um, ability to clear infections is more difficult. And so that is why we, especially with infants, um, babies, young children, premature babies, want to be especially careful about any type of virus. Since we don't have a vaccine under the age of six months, what I suggest to parents, to grandparents, to anyone who is going to be around a baby or have a baby is to make sure the adults in the family, the people who are going to be around that baby, are up to date on their vaccines. It's also really important to remind pregnant women that they should be vaccinated against COVID and they should be up to date on their boosters. The way that protects their newborn baby is that antibodies to COVID-19 are passed through the placenta to the baby. Moms who are breastfeeding are also able to pass antibodies to their newborn baby through their breast milk. So it is very important that pregnant women be vaccinated and be up to date on their COVID-19 vaccines. Gotcha. And with, I think the article stated that the ages between 11 to 17, they saw the most child or most minor deaths. Um, what is in that age group that seems to be the reason that so many deaths of the 14, I think it said 11 of the 14 are happening in that age group? Well, that age group, particularly um, during the Delta surge, uh, we saw a number of deaths um, when school went back in session. Um, some of those children may have had uh, comorbid conditions. Things that increase your um, likelihood of severe illness are things like asthma or obesity, any kind of chronic lung disease, and diabetes. So some of those um, may have been that sort of situation. But again, we are seeing very healthy young children, healthy adults who also succumb to COVID-19, but if you are at high risk, if you have a comorbid condition, if you have some other um, underlying situation, make sure you're vaccinated and up to date. Unfortunately, a very low percentage of Mississippians are up to date on their vaccines. And so we would encourage them to make sure they get that booster shot, which covers the Omicron variant and the original SARS-CoV-2 variant. One last question for you. There are some medical professionals that believe that the COVID shot will kind of turn into something like the flu shot, like it'll have to be given like one shot does not fix all. Basically, you'll have to take it on a cycle. Um, do you foresee that being true? I think they are investigating that and following the variants to see what needs to be um, done. And certainly I've had a number of shots. I've had the updated booster and um 
I, along with the medical professionals out there, would certainly be willing to get uh, a COVID booster shot each year if that meant it protected us against COVID-19. Do you have anything else you'd like to share with our listeners uh, that maybe I forgot to ask you about? Um, as we work through wintertime and then move into spring, um, as a pediatrician, I would just encourage moms and dads to make sure their children are up to date on all their vaccines, whether it's COVID-19 vaccine, the flu vaccine, the pertussis vaccine, whatever um, it is, make sure your child has had a checkup in the last year to talk about being up to date on vaccines and other health-related issues. So it's a good time to just check and make sure um, and see if your child needs to get that routine childhood checkup. Dr. Anita Henderson, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Mississippi has one of the highest COVID-19 death rates in the nation. Coming up, the Department of Health asks lawmakers for additional funding to support programs at their county health offices. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The Mississippi Department of Health is seeking additional funding to fill the gaps in health care services across the state. Rural hospitals across Mississippi are facing financial hardships, and the agency is seeking financial support from lawmakers to expand its services. During a Senate hearing, State Health Officer Dr. Dan Edney tells Republican Angela Hill he'd like 150 new nurses to strengthen county health offices. What we're seeing with our scorecards, um, and that's based on the highest rate of maternal infant mortality, uh, very high rates of amputation for diabetics, high rates of, of hemodialysis, undiagnosed diabetes and hypertension, opioid epidemic, all the things that, that we're up against, you know, that these are solvable. And we may be at the bottom today, but we don't have to stay there. And the, um, through legislative leadership, we, y'all moved us off the bottom of education. And I'm just begging for partners to help us get us off the bottom of health because we have too many Mississippians who are dying prematurely. We have too many who are aging with poor health. And we have too many people struggling for access to care, which is where we come in. Um, and we have committed coming out of COVID, coming out of pandemic response, that we are pivoting back towards the core responsibilities that you've given to the Board of Health and myself through statute, that it is our statutory responsibility to work on reducing maternal infant mortality. Y'all have given us that charge. You've given us the charge to, uh, to improve outcomes from diabetes and hypertension. And I'm taking that charge very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, I've got to strengthen our county health departments. Um, I agree with you. 
that's kind of been my platform for a while. Great. Well, so that you know, I need 150 nurses today. And because I don't, it's not just the county health departments, but we're also standing up the Healthy Mom, Healthy Babies program, which is to reduce maternal infant mortality. And so between that brand new program, and that is a nurse case manager program in the home so that the moms don't have to come to us, we go to them. And we walk that mom through her pregnancy and through the baby's first year of life. And we are gonna do everything that we can to keep her alive. With hospitals reducing services, Dr. Edney says the role of county health offices becomes more significant. They can help fill gaps in those healthcare services. We are, unfortunately, as you see us do more in the county health departments, that means we're going the wrong way. Reason we aren't, we haven't been doing as much in the county health departments because people have had access to private clinics, which is where they need to be. The county health department does not need to be a medical home. Right. A, a place of treatment of last resort. When you can't go anywhere else, you can come to us. Right. And so we got out of perinatal care because there wasn't a need for it. Now there's a need again because of access to care. So certain counties were looking at standing up perinatal care again. We're seeing populations that don't have access anywhere, and that falls to us. Um, we are ba- we're going back to looking at just some basic primary care provision using telehealth, which will help us a lot, keep our expenses down. But there are areas of the state where there's no primary care or no pediatrics. And, you know, we're only going to plug holes. We're not going to compete with anyone. I don't have any resources to compete. Don't want to compete. But there are holes that have to be plugged, and I see it as our responsibility to do so. But then, you know, we have to be strategically thinking about these top three problems that are killing us. Mm -hmm. Maternal infant mortality, diabetes and its complications, and the opioid crisis Mm -hmm. are driving our numbers horribly down. And then access to care kills us on our scorecard. So we're going to do what we can with access to care. I know y'all were working on those issues, but we're, we're attacking those top three. And a, a very big clinical issue that we're going to be doing immediately is increasing the opportunities for screening in Mississippi for diabetes and hypertension. Dr. Dan Edney is the state health officer of Mississippi. Coming up, an effort to replace the state's representation in Statutory Hall in Washington, D.C. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Discover everything MPB Think and MPB Music Radio have to offer with just the sound of your own voice. Ask for the one you want by name. For news, great storytelling, humor, games, and more, say smart speaker, play MPB Think Radio. For musical selections, ranging from a dozen genres from classical to bluegrass, jazz to adult alternative, say smart speaker, play MPB Music Radio. Tuning in is easier than ever. Just ask for the one you want by name. Say smart speaker, play MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app.
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The National Statuary Hall Collection in Washington, D.C. includes two statues from each state in the Union. State legislatures and officials donate them, which portray notable persons from their state. And they are then displayed in the hall or other parts of the U.S. Capitol. Since 1931, Mississippi has chosen to honor Jefferson Davis and James E. George as its submissions to the collection. But new legislation introduced this session could create a commission to change that. Senator John Horn, a Democrat from Jackson, authored the bill and shares more about the effort to reconsider who should reflect the history and values of Mississippi and Statuary Hall. In both cases, uh, they were white supremacists. Uh, they were uh, advocates of slavery. They were secessionists. And in Jay-Z George's case, uh, he not only signed the secession papers, but uh, some 30 years later led the charge on an 1890 constitution where black people were disenfranchised legally by the um, state of Mississippi. And so I just don't think that, that these guys represent Mississippi uh, or, or they don't represent the kind of Mississippi I want to, uh, our state to be known as. And I think a lot of other people uh, feel the same way, that it's time for Mississippi to turn a new leaf. And by changing these statues, I believe that we send uh, a message that the gift that Mississippi wants to have displayed would be more reflective of the, the entirety of the state and not just one uh, one very um, uh, negative perspective. And, and so I, I think uh, it's incumbent upon us if it, each state makes a gift to the country of statues that are supposed to have a lasting commemoration of that state. And I just don't believe that this is a, this, that they, they represent a lasting commemoration for the state of Mississippi. Well, they've been there for a long time. Have you had? Well, yeah, and, 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 and those statues were installed and gifted by the state to the Capitol during a, a time uh, where there was a lot of revisionist history going on in Mississippi. Uh, it, it, the Civil War became the War of Northern Aggression, uh, and there was a, a lot of uh, whitewashing of our history uh, to say that the Civil War was not about slavery when it very much was about slavery, and it was about the South wanting to keep its slaves. Uh, and uh, I, I, I believe that, that uh, in 1931, there was a lot of movement and activity uh, to revise history in a way more favorable to Mississippi. And having these white supremacists uh, as the gift that, that we're sharing with the rest with the rest of the country and our nation's capital just uh, does not bode well for me. What kind of response, if any, have you gotten to this bill? Very little. Uh, I've been, again, encouragement uh, from persons in the African-American community and, and uh, people who might be more of a moderate bent. Those who are more conservative-minded uh, don't say anything. Uh, they remain silent about it because uh, I, I think that uh, they feel pressure now that we have changed our state flag, uh, that, that, that uh, where, where are these people going to stop? Where are they going to draw the line? But I, I don't know that I 
I'm, that I'm in favor of changing the history of Mississippi or changing certain statutes that we have around our state. I'm more in favor of augmenting uh, th- that story by putting other statues that tell a more complete story about Mississippi. That's what uh, I was going to ask you about the flag. Since the flag was changed, there might be support for removing these two statues. Well, I'm hoping that there is. But what, what we've seen uh, over the last couple of years since the flag was changed is that we've experienced a bit of a backlash um, with our colleagues uh, who I think are concerned about voters and whether voters are as progressive-minded as, as they might be uh, or, or uh, who, who don't want to see anything else change. You know, there's just this sentiment of what else do these people want? Well, you know, we want fairness. We want justice, and we want something that that all of us can be proud of and and not just a a select few. And and so uh, we've seen a bit of a backlash uh, with certain kinds of legislation. The critical race theory bill last year immediately comes to mind. But but, but we've seen a backlash where – uh, I think to prove to their electorate that they are just as conservative uh, conservatives as folks who elected them think they are, that they've got to show them uh, that uh, we are just as conservative. We, the flag is was a, was a a a one off, and and we're going to leave things just the way they are going forward, uh, minus the flag. But I, I do believe that right minded people know that this is not right, that these kinds of statues do not represent the entirety of Mississippi, and therefore they, they might, it, it might be justified that they be changed. The bill doesn't mention who would replace these two statues. Do you have replacements in mind? No, I do not. Um, I believe that uh, the commission that's called for in my legislation, which is an 11-member commission that will be headed up by the head of the Department of Archives and History, ought to make that decision. Uh, We have two members that will be selected on the commission by the speaker, two by the lieutenant governor, and and then the automatic um, um, uh, position of chair would go to the Archives and History uh, executive director. And then the governor would get six appointments, and amongst those six, we'd have an expert on civil rights, an expert on civil war, and an expert on Mississippi history. Do you hold out hope this will be passed? I, I'm sure you do. But your, when you think about it, do you see the possibility of this bill passing this year? I would be uh, elated if it, if it were to pass. I'm not optimistic uh, that it will pass. I, I try to be an optimist. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't stay up here in, in, in these halls for as long as I have, I, you got to have some optimism about this, the, the notion that things will get better. But I think that the statement has got to be made regardless of the, the outcome this year or next year or whatever. I, I think that, that we, we've got to keep asking the questions. We've got to keep reminding our brothers and sisters that, hey, this is, this is egregious. It needs to change. It needs to be made right. And I'll keep fighting for for things like that as long as I'm up here. 
Senator John Horn of Jackson, thank you so much for telling us more about this bill and explaining why you introduced it and your perspective. Thank you, Desiree. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.